bases loaded and one out. Oh, oh my God. Deep to right field. Way up there and way out of here. Second deck walk off home run. Grand slash. Hello and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bases Loaded. Bases Loaded is a fancy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curlin. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin. And tonight, I brought over Zach from Fake Teams, obviously joined by Mike. I feel like Mike's always with me. You can follow Zach. He's at Zach Roto. You can follow Mike at SP Streamer. Gentlemen, welcome into tonight's podcast. Feels like it's been a while, actually. What's up? It's been a while for us. It's been like a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, my last two have been with George, and it's like <laughs> – and then there's Mike, and Mike, Mike's been, like, typically there. And then Zach, yeah, it's been a while for us because uh, normally I do daytime pods with you, but, dude, I've been so busy. I've been so busy, as you know, like, with the person. Like, I, we're working on a lot of stuff behind the scenes, so I have not been on the other podcasts nearly as much. Regardless, tonight, episode 52, dude, we are pumping along. We're actually going to start, if you didn't see on Twitter, or if you don't have Twitter, at minimum, we're going to be starting two podcasts a week. We actually have a lot of exciting guest hosts coming on. Just a little teaser. We're not gonna name the names yet, but we have like there's some bigger names in the industry. We look forward to share, uh, having them on, sharing what we can with them, or with you guys, I should say. And beyond that, though, man, like I said, episode 52, we're chugging along, and we're gonna be talking our top 25 starting pitchers tonight. Quickly, before we actually jump right into all this, brief mention as always at the beginning of our podcast. If you guys could please hit us with a five star rating and review, it's greatly appreciated iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to us, a five-star rating review goes a long way. Really means a lot to us. And also, with that said, don't forget, guys, we are now on Patreon. SP Streamer, say hi. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) SP Streamer has joined our podcast. But beyond that, we've come together and also ventured into Patreon. We offer everything from as simple as a Discord chat to pretty in-depth draft services. That's um, patreon.com slash fantasy baseball. And honestly, go check it out. See what we have to offer. And at the very least, if you want to come hang out, there's an option for that too. So again, that's patreon.com slash fantasy baseball. And now we can get to it. Top 25 starting pitchers. Start right at the top. Top four. Let's just get that out of the way. How do you have them ranked? It's always the same four. Occasionally you see somebody get cute. And put Bueller in there or something. Yeah. Which Bueller is fringe in that tier for me. Not there yet, but anyways, top four. Zach, how would you rank your top four? Because it's pretty much the same players for all of us. Right now, I have it: Cole number one, Verlander two, Degrom three, Scherzer four. But I know what you're saying I before before you go on. Scherzer is a do not draft for me at his price. Scherzer is on my boss list. You know what I will do, actually, for all of us? It'll be kind of good. Fantrax actually has on Fantrax HQ, and I hate to be a homer, but they actually have ADP data readily available in Fantrax HQ. Yeah. And I found that really interesting today because you just go to MLB and you pick, press the ADP drop down. And, it, dude, I was like, I was looking at that tail because that's actually most of the drafts happening right now are Dynasty. So it's kind of slightly, and then be, and kind of slightly um, skewed for that. But there's a lot of best ball going on. So at least you have some type of ADP data to look at, you know? So I'm going to pull up the SP ones for this, and I'll probably link it in the, um, in the uh, description of the, of the uh, podcast and all that. But it's funny. Your top three are exactly the ADP right now, uh, Zach. Interesting. Top four, sorry. 
You have Cole, Verlander, DeGrom, and Scherzer in, in that order of ADP. Scherzer is going 15th, so end of, end of first rounds for 15-teamers, mid-second, or early second, I should say, in 12-teamers. I love that price. I want him. He's the cheapest. My thing is, is I want the cheapest of these four. No, not me. I, I don't th- – I'm, I'm starting to lean into a big three, and then Scherzer in his own tier because right now – I'll just do a little, little bit of my tiers are the top four that I just mentioned, and then mm-hmm. Bueller, Bueller in his own tier after that. He's sort of on an island. I'm leaning towards if I, if I had to draft right now, I'd say I have a big three, and then Scherzer's in his own tier after that, and then Bueller's in his own tier after that. I don't want Scherzer because of the price I'm going to have to pay. I don't think he belongs with the rest of those three. I think you're. I you know what that was? You know what that was? That was that's, I'm up in the dynasty, the the, the prospects 365 dynasty draft. It's my turn to pick. Nice. That was that was, that was, that, that, was, them, that, was that was them giving you a foul for saying you're not drafting Scherzer. Because dude, I want Scherzer. I want the reduced price. I'll be on him in auctions because he'll probably go five to ten dollars, five to seven dollars cheaper than the big three. And I want him. I think he's gonna be fine. I mean, it's blind optimism. I'm See, just you just called. I just got you to call him the big three. So is well, it you're, big three or big four? I call it the big four, but you're saying, sorry, Doug, I, I'm, it's a big four to me. You're, so, you how, said, so, so explain if, if it's a big four, how is he going $7 cheaper? If I'm he's just saying, the same big four. I, I think he's an, I, I value him differently than others. You're not getting I, him $7. You're not getting him $7 cheaper. Think, he'll probably be like three to five. Maybe seven was a big number. Three to five. So, so Scherzer, you think Scherzer's a consensus number four in that group right now? Well, According to ADP, he is. I I think if you look, if I ask uh, Mike here, almost called you George and Zach, every name but Mike. Mike has it the same. I think I know it's not. I think was it if I'm correct, uh, Cole, Degrom, Verlander, Scherzer for you, right? Yes. So yeah, you both have Scherzer four. I have Scherzer three ahead of Verlander actually, and hmm. I'm probably in the minority for that because and most people, a lot of people, I'm I'm more concerned about. Uh, Verlander's home run, uh, home run issues, and the strand rate regression likely incoming, and there's just a lot of other indicators. I'm more concerned about than Scherzer's odd, odd, like one injury plagued season that he wasn't. He didn't even miss a ton of time. He still pitched 172 or something like that innings. I'm really not concerned. I know it's concerning because he's older, so injury can happen in what we're talking like five straight years of 200 innings. So there's going to be a decline eventually, but nothing else really suggests a decline. When I looked at them, and I'm, I'm back in on them, and I really have zero, zero reservations, which I know is not the common mindset with them. So if he's the cheapest, and if I can get like a $5 discount on it come auction day, or and like I said, heck, you're getting – for me, he's not six picks worse than Verlander. I, 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 obviously, that's how I view it, but it's like a bunch. They're all going bunched up right there. And Bueller kind of does fall into his own little 18.9 ADP right now on Fantrax Leagues. So he's kind of out in his own little window there that you have him. But I just put him at the top of my next tier. I think we all agree there. He's kind of like you have him by yourself, uh, Zach. But I think yeah. Mike and I have him at the top of, of the next tier. Yeah, uh, top of tier two. Yeah, tier two, which is still fifth overall. So I don't know. I'll let Mike get in on this. I know you you have similar reservations about Scherzer. Yeah, the back problems obviously worry me, especially because he said that, you know, one day during playoffs he couldn't even get out of bed. But 
I'm not touching Verlander or Scherzer at all in drafts. I don't care where either of them are going. They're both getting to that age, and the cliff is, you know, they're going to fall off that cliff soon. I am very confident in Colin DeGrom. And Verlander and Scherzer scare me a little bit. I mean, they're both, you know, nothing shows regression in their numbers, and they both are obviously bonafide aces, but. The age worries me, and like you mentioned, I mean, you got Verlander with the home run issues and then Scherzer with the health, so I, I there's no way I spend a first or second round pick on either one of them. I mean, I'm not going to – Personally. I, 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 can I don't mind Verlander. I think the home run issues could be fixed with the ball next year, um, and um, I'm, I'm more inclined to um, ignore age risk than um, – how would I describe this risk? Um, I guess, um, lack of track record. Like, for someone like Bieber, Shane Bieber. Bieber, Flaherty Bieber. is a big one. Mm, well, Flaherty, I, I, he has two good Flaherty is a very big one. He has a, he has a great second half and a solid but nothing spectacular first year. Yes. Yeah, Flaherty is just um, – he's an anomaly for me because I like <laughs> him so much. But someone like even Clevenger, he, he has the back issues too. Um, but we're jumping ahead. I'm going to shut up. Actually, <laughs> I was going to bring up Clevenger soon because I'm not, we're not going to go pick by pick. That would take literally all night, and we didn't want to do this all night because we wanted to get moving a little bit. But Clevenger, for me, is as high as number six right now. I mean, I don't know where you guys have him. So I have him at it's six. Not, it's not really jumping. I high. have him at nine. Who do you have ahead of him? Bieber, Strasburg? Nope. No, I don't have Bieber ahead of him. I have uh, oh, Flaherty. Ooh. Ooh. My, my six, seven, eight are uh, Flaherty, Strasburg, Castillo. I actually moved Castillo down under Flaherty as well, but they're both outside my top ten. I want to talk about uh, – when we, when we get late enough, I want to talk about Castillo again. Uh, well, I'm going to bring, bring him up in relation to two other pitchers that are further down this list and one that's probably not on either of our lists. I'm going to – I want to hear your thoughts. Okay, so you, obviously Mike and I agree with Clevenger being sixth. What What are your thoughts with him being ninth? It's not a huge difference, but it's a big enough difference that's worth noting. like him a lot. I've been on him from, I think, two or three years ago. Uh, yeah. I have a lot of dynasty list shares to brag a bit, but my, just I like the other guys better. I think Strasburg. Um, Strasburg and Clevenger, I don't see the health risk being that much of a variable there between those two. And um, – uh, Castillo, I'm just in on. I'm in on Castillo over Clevenger. Plays in the NL. Um, I just, I just like him more with the, the underlying stats, swinging, swinging strike rate. So I have Clevenger six because, first of all, he's in a, a good division. Great Second division. of all, Probably great Jesus. division. Second of all, yes. The injury is a little bit of concern, but he finished top five in FIP, XFIP, K walk percentage, and K percentage. His stuff is so legit, and while his too legit to quit, <laughs> while his delivery yes. is very aggressive, and yes, can be a concern. And his, as Mike has pointed out to me, his velocity dipped a little bit towards the end of the year. But even when it dipped, he was still dominant. One mile per hour. Every yeah, and he's still and he's still dominated. July till September. And if you look at his numbers, they didn't really falter. So not really. Did you I'm look? Looking, I'm looking, yeah, I'm looking for my tweet. I'm looking Could for have sworn now. they did not. They didn't falter terribly, but they, they Yeah, exactly. It was still like a low three ERA, no? 
Oh yeah, I'm talking about like just stuff like let's see, I, I wrote back to you here. Um, no, maybe not. Can't find it. I know I wrote back to you though. All right, but anyway, he's going to be one of the best strikeout pitchers in the game, and you can't discount that. He's again. I mean, let me see. I mean, he had his K walk percentage and K percentage are top five. So I mean, how are you gonna not? I mean, who do you have in front of him? Strasburg. Me. Yeah. 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 And who else? Strasburg, Castillo, and Flaherty. And Flaherty. Okay. So the only issue I have really there is I could see Strasburg. I see Castillo. I have him in the same tier. That's fine. Castillo has ridiculous strikeout potential too. Strasburg is basically never bad. Um, Flaherty is the only issue I have is because, and I, I keep repeating this. I think I may have even said it to you or I don't know. I say it to everybody. It's one half. And it's one really good half, which I get. And it's because his fastball out of nowhere was ridiculous. But can we trust the fastball? And I'd rather trust in Clevenger's pitches, which have always been elite, instead of guessing on Flaherty and hoping his fastball stays elite, which no one knows if that's going to happen. If I can remember, if I can remember, I was trying to find the tweet, to be honest. I just didn't, I thought I'd be able to find it, and I can't. I'm a little upset. But the thing about Clevenger, along with the velocity drop, also, it was a drop in effectiveness. There was, like, I remember pointing out to you somewhere. Either, it must have, been, must have been the text even then because it was um his K-minus walk was, like, 29% before the injury. And it was, like, down to 24-point-something percent after the injury. His um ERA, whip, everything was worse after the injury. as And it was actually worse after the velocity drop as well. That was worth noting. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't the stuff he flashed early in the year. But yet you still have him at six with me, right? Because right now it's one of those I'm ranking him for the upside because even at his lowest, he matched how he finished last year basically in velocity. I want to see what he does in spring. Was the velocity dip from fatigue from his first year increasing his velocity or was it on purpose to reduce the injury risk? Was the increased velocity the reason behind getting hurt? I mean, these are just things worth looking at monitoring spring training. I'm not going to overreact to it because he still showed solid stuff and his stuff doesn't need to be overly dominating in that division anyway. So if right. he's even, so that's why I just, I want to see what he does in spring training, see how he comes out. He's probably gonna look strong. He does have a very aggressive uh, uh, wind up and all that. So in delivery. So definitely somebody just, I'm watching spring training right now. He's sixth and it's, I'm okay. I'm, I'm confident in it for now. I think we can move on from him. We all kind of have. Where do you have Bieber, Zach? You didn't mention Bieber in your top ten. Right after, right after Clevenger. Oh, so he's ten, he's he's at ten for you. Yes. Okay, so yeah, what, we're mean. Do you have him seven as well, Mike? I have him eight. Eight. Okay, I'm thinking. I've been thinking about moving him down. Who do you have at seven? Snow. Yeah, that's the guy I have at eight. That's what I'm thinking about football. But okay. Yeah. I, I think Snow, we all think. Wait, where do you have Snow, Zach? Oh, I have him down um, just because of uh, injury risk. Uh, looking at my list right now, 14. Ugh, I don't like you for that. Yeah. I know. I was, I was, I was doing some uh, analysis of some of the advanced stats before we uh, got on tonight, and Snell's swinging strike rate is off the charts. Yeah, uh, it's 17.8. It's absurd. And not to, yeah. mention, not to mention how unlucky he got last year. Yeah, he got very unlucky. As far as like indicating, he was like was might have been the unluckiest pitcher of you know you know who twenty nineteen. You might you know who might be a little unluckier possibly is Chris Sale. Yeah, 
you look at his K percentages and all his underlying metrics, he's another guy who way underperformed in comparison to what he should have been doing. Right. Strand rate was bad. Everything, dude. He was right now. I actually moved him down to, I have him at nine. I didn't move him down. I had him down to 10, put him back at nine today. He's a guy that another one, I'm just waiting to see health. If he has any setback, he's dropping to like 15, like any setback, yeah. any slow start to spring velocity is like in like low nineties, not doing this again. You know yeah. I, mean? I haven't met 10. I'm cautiously optimistic. And I want him, you know what? I, he's one of the guys that I probably been going to move up. Um, just uh, I'd have to look into it a bit more, but he's a he's, he's a candidate to move up my list based on um, some things that I've looked into. Well, and that's the thing. I I think you if there's only there's two extremes with him. People there's people that have him top five still. I won't put him there, but he can move up. He has I put him in a spot where I feel he can move up or down, and that's why I want him because again I want to see his health. I want to see how he comes out in spring training. I want zero setbacks. I want Chris Sale day one of spring training. Anything less, he moves down. If he's that, he's probably moving up. Right now, it's a cautiously optimistic rank. I think we, I think Mike and I have Matt. So I actually have Strasburg at ten. You still have him in your top ten, Mike? I have him eleven. Okay, he's in my second tier though. My second tier goes to eleven. Goes to eleven. Okay, yeah. so that's the thing, and these are all within the same tier. Zach's the kind of the the trendy one, the one that's always fading us. But I have a name we'll get to later that I'm really I'm like way higher on than you guys, which is awesome. Okay. I'm looking forward to that one. We, you guys know who it is, but anyway. I, I have no idea who it is. <laughs> we just talked about him. I'm like 10 spots higher on, on average from both of you. I know who it is. Yeah, obviously. We'll get there. Zach, you know what? Me and Mike are really similar. Can you rattle off your top uh, 12 real quick, actually? Yeah, so I got, uh, I'll start from the beginning. Go for it. Cole, Verlander, DeGrom, Scherzer, Bueller, Flaherty, Strasburg, Castillo. Clevenger, Bieber, here we go. Chris Paddock. <laughs> Paddock? Oh, God. There okay. it is. There, so yeah. Where's Paddock at? Ten and then wait for, wait, wait for it. Tyler Glasnow, number 12. Oh. oh, my God. Yeah, from a guy that's fading injuries from Snell. and. Scherzer. Yeah, I was going to say, that makes yeah. no sense. You said you're fading Snell's injury, but then you're Glass going. Now. Like, Snell, yeah. is, Snell has a million – not a million, but Snell is so much better stuff than Glass now, and yet you have Glass now above him. Yes, he has better stuff. But how? Theo, he's better stuff. Do you than think Adam. you need to adjust that, or no? You're going to stick with that. Well, no, I'm going to stick with it. But, um, no, but I want to. I want to hear. I want to hear your talking points on this stuff, like uh, Snell. I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm so no, no, hundred percent. So I I don't have it off the top of my head. Not gonna lie. But again, we discussed his swing strike rate, which was off the charts and absolutely ridiculous. But I I like to look at pitches separately, and again, I don't know off the top of my head, and I don't can't. It would take me too long to look right now. <laughs> but his breaking pitches are still legitimately – th- I'm pretty sure they're top five in the league. He is two of the best breaking pitchers in the league. His, he was the most unlucky pitcher in MLB last year. Well, 2019. So I still think he's still going to be Cy Young Snell. There's, there's literally nothing that points to him not being that Blake Snell. So, Dude, this, this, whereas ridiculous. you got Glass now who pitched 60 innings of with a 1.78 ERA, which is absurd, but like it's 60 innings. Like he only has two good pitches. So who knows over entire season if people are going to catch up to him and realize what he's doing. 
I think his ceiling's higher than Snell's. Like the ceiling, the standalone. And I but think that, but that, Snell Snell has three good pitches, and Glasnow has two. Right. Glasnow <laughs> has looked like he's figured out his biggest problem. And Snell has a higher swing strike percentage and better breaking pitch. There was a time where basically everything you're worried about with Glasnow, you worried about with Snell. Snell actually showed it over a full season that he can deal with those control problems. Glasnow gave us flashes and glimpses and the upside's there, but two pitch pitchers, I always like I was high on you had me high on Glasnow. I moved him down actually. Like I think Glasnow could definitely reach a, a very high level, but to have him ranked above Snell, who's actually done it for an entire year, and is what at- is what makes me think that you can't have him over Snell. Other Whereas Glasnow literally I- did it for not even half a season, not even half a season. Damn it! So Snell's done it for one season. Snell has one season. I know okay. Other than, uh, let me get, Te- let me get my point technically about two because he got r- severely unlucky. But I mean, if if we want to look at you know metrics, but it's just I, I don't know. Yeah, a whole season is a lot more than sixty innings. Well, yeah, I want to defend Snell because obviously I'm on with board with you and Snell, and you guys want to talk pictures, whatever. I'm just against Snell's last season, so it was it was we we are saying unlucky. And his ratios obviously weren't as good as his um, the year you know his Cy Young year. However, better K per nine, slightly worse walk per nine by like slightly worse. I mean point two, sorry point one seven worse. I think is the math, <laughs> and um, which led to actually a better K minus walk percentage. He had a he improved both his O swing and strike swing strike rate, which we already talked about. But the, his his chase rate, his O swing percentage, improved. From thirty-one point one percent in his Cy Young year to thirty-seven percent, he was getting oh more chases. God. Oh yeah, that's absurd. League average for context, it was thirty-one point six percent last year. Yeah, he his swing strike rate again Cy Young year fifteen point one percent last year seventeen point seven percent. It looked like he took his stuff to another level, even or at least at the very least, at least kept it the same. The only thing that wasn't better than his Cy Young year were his ratios, which we all already knew his ratios were beyond lucky because that came with an 88% strand rate, which is roughly about, what, 12 to 15% above league average. League average is about 72%, I believe. And he was sitting about league average last year in strand rate. So the long ball killed him last year. His home run per nine, just like Berlander, Scherzer, they all had higher uh, home run per nine. Home run per five ball rates, home run per nine. They all had a – I guess this was his career highest home run per, home run per nine. And this is a guy who – had yeah, and with command in the past. You know? Just real quick, too. His Woba was a 303, and his X Woba was 264. Yeah, and I'm the second ahead. unluckiest in the league. And then his Woba Com was 415, and X Woba Com was 350, which was I just a ridiculous. Moved, I just made the move. I put Snell at seven. It happened. Wow. Wow. I have so, Snell at seven. That's where I have him. Like, yeah, I'm Snell at seven as well. I'm actually having a hard time not moving Snell over Clevenger. Like, that's where I'm at right now. Like, they might make their own tier. I'm getting to that point. Because Bieber, dude, Bieber is great. He's, I feel like he's safe, but I feel like he doesn't offer the ceiling that the guys, some of these guys under him. I'm struggling with Bieber. Some of his indicators, all his indicators suggest what he does is legit. But, dude, you look at his, like, stat cast page, and it's underwhelming for a guy in the top ten. Yeah. Yeah, I have trouble with him, too. And, actually, um, Zach, Zach was actually want to point out to me, I think, on Twitter that, I was looking at him and Castillo, and I actually kind of realized that Castillo's numbers were actually better. And 
I have them still back to back, and I keep flipping them back and forth. But I'm with you, Mike. I mean, you you want to know? Bieber's so hard to realize. You know, know what to do with him. You want you know what you want to know what I do when I put people back to back? I literally look at them like, who would I take in a draft? That's how I separate. Like that's how and we'll get to a couple of those guys later. How it's like? Well, the reason why I have one over the other is literally if I'm drafting, who am I taking? And that's who I would put. Like when I'm stuck between two people. Obviously, that that's like the final decision maker because I look at the other things like divisions and all that. That's why Bieber. Another reason why Bieber will stay so high. Bieber has such an easy division, easy likely. I haven't looked at full on um, schedules, yeah. but more innings probably. Definitely the innings. That's why it's like it's like him or Sale. Obviously, it's like Bieber safer. Strasburg, he pitched late into the postseason. Where is he pitching? Yeah, Castillo. I that home park still worries me. And I don't know. I've just I've always been kind of and Flaherty is the another name where it's like for me it's between Flaherty and Castillo. Those are that's the two I'm really torn between. I Castillo keep going back over Flaherty by far. I keep going back and forth on them personally. SP right. Street does not like uh, does not like Flaherty. Me and him are me and him are opposites on Flaherty. Yeah, this. we're opposites. Yeah, we're also yeah. opposites. Yeah. We're also opposites on another pitcher. But we'll wait till we get to him. Well, Snow, but you know what? <laughs> you know, I, I need to I, I need to still defend my case in Glasnow. Yeah, go for it. These 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 are opinions, and there's no right or wrong answer right now based on facts. So we're making we're, we're we're formulating uh, an opinion based on facts. And one of the things that I value very highly, and uh, I've talked about this before, is, is came on his walk. Um, if you look at last year, you got Cole, you got Verlander, you got Scherzer, you got Chris Sale, and then you got Glasnow. And you know what? You're looking at not a huge sample size from a lot of these players we're talking about. Clevenger, Snell, Glasnow, Bieber. They're all relatively small. Granted, Glasnow is the smallest. But I value, I value uh, K minus walk. I find is the biggest determinant that I can trust that more than anything in terms of fantasy performance. I get it, but I just, I feel like that you can't just, you, I, I don't like to do it just on one stat, man. I, I can't. No, I'm, I'm not, I'm saying that. No, I'm not, I'm not putting him number 12 just based on that. It's based on other factors as well as pedigree. Um, and, but that's, that's, that's one Piece of that's backup like, for you. Yeah, that's like one other thing. Yeah, no, nah, I get it. Because K. Walker is known to be the best stat in season. So I can't, you know, hate you for looking at that, the, you know, a lot. Yeah, we're putting a lot of, you know, more weight on it, which I get. Snell's, Snell's not too far down. You got after Glasnow, you got Clevenger, DeGrom, Bieber, and then Snell. So, so you would hate me because I have Glasnow at 23. I don't I hate a, it. I, I, I can see it. I can see it. I have them at twenty-two. So okay. it's still a very, there's still a very good ranking. Literally, the next hot topic is your paddock ranking. Like literally, right <laughs> there, both of them top twelve. Oh man, paddock. I know. Trust me, I'm not doubting the talent. I think he just burned out. Honestly, yeah. I don't. I I don't know how he didn't. Fit. I can't even argue that he's not even a top three rookie because you can't you can't even get mad at him not finishing top three in rookie of the year vote. I just don't know, man. I can't. I can't get behind that. That's aggressive. Like I thought, I was aggressive. I have Paddock at nineteen, and I've and it's like, because I like he. That's where this is where it becomes upside versus like I put Paddock over Giolito. I put Paddock over Glass now. I put Paddock over Carrasco and Kluber. 
And I, a lot so of people, did I, so did I. <laughs> and, well, yeah, obviously you did. But a lot of people would think that's crazy because a lot of people are so, first of all, Crasco over Kluber has to be a discussion to be had. But a lot of people are so stuck on Kluber for his name because take away the name, dude, I don't see it with Kluber. But we can get to that in a little bit. Paddock. Let's get back on Paddock. <laughs> I just, well, I, you know, I'll get ahead of myself. I usually, I'm really good at that. What is it about Paddock that has you so enamored? Just his pitch mix, honestly, just watching him and seeing the dominating performances that he had, there he didn't dominate every time he went out, but when he dominated, I'm like, this guy, just honestly, the eye test. That's, that's why I have it up there. This is more of a gut call than anything. And um, that's, I don't do that a lot in these rankings, in my pitching rankings, but Paddock is obviously um, – I got called just by watching him and I've watched him several times this year. I've watched a lot of it, a lot of him and just how he was ready so quickly um, and performed um, at a level that, that most people take more time to get to than him. Um, and I think he, he was, he was babied a little bit. I think he's going to, the leash is going to come off a bit because he has the, the checkered injury passed, but I'm really an empathic. I, I think he's, I think he has the best chance to make that Bueller jump into the Bueller tier this year and even maybe into the top four. See, I like that you said that because I feel like that I, – I like that the way you're justifying your rank there because I feel like he is a gamer, and I really do. I, I agree with that, and I feel like that's the only way you could really justify putting him that high is by the – by just watching him pitch because – I watched him pitch against the Mets that game, and he destroyed us. <laughs> and I love that he was all about it and angry and all that stuff. And I, and that's kind of the reason why I'm starting to like Soto more because Soto's just a gamer. He just gets it done, and he loves being competitive. It's kind of like you know that's what like the Tom Brady factor is almost. But um, yeah, I mean, if you look at it that way, I get it. And again, I like that. That's how you're backing it. Um, I have him at 25 personally. I just I'm more of a look like to look at numbers. Um, he does have three solid pitches. His changeup is absolutely ridiculous, and I agree with Mike. I think he just got worn out. Um, but I just have him lower because I prefer some more established guys over him. Yeah, there's better. Op- there's a lot of good options there, and I definitely can't fault that. And um, I wouldn't expect most or any people to rank him as high as I do, but. Well, um, I'm, I'm the middleman. I have him at 19. It's like literally highest kind of, I'll probably be, I think I'm going to be closer to consensus. I think you might be a little low on him, Mike, not low, like in a bad way, but just consensus. I think is going to be around between 18 yeah. and 22. You know yeah, what? Yeah, people, I, listen, I, people I, listening to this might be just um, oh, so surprised you know? at how high we all are on Paddock. Like, no, yeah, like, like, no, 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 no. Paddock is SP 20 in Fantrax Redraft. Okay. Right Okay. I think he's the type of guy who you can't hate on anyone taking really early or right where he's going or a little bit later. Like, he's that type of guy where you could see either way. Right now, oh, you know what? A couple names that stick out since we and we've already spoken about them. They have uh, ADP has Bieber ahead of Clevenger, six at six, seven, Strasburg hmm. at eight, Flaherty at nine over Bell. Oh, sorry, Bell. Over Blake Snell. Bell. Wow. Uh, so Flaherty at nine, Blake. So this is ADP for Fantrax. Um, Castillo at 11, Chris Sale at 12, and then we had some names we haven't touched on yet. But 
But again, you got to two realize it's best ball. Sorry. Yes, no, that is no, that's very. So true. you're kind of playing a little more upside in the, in those leagues. But Bieber does not have more upside than Clevenger, Flaherty, Castillo. Yeah, Sandal, that's that's a weird Sandal. one. Well, remember, I I remember we were looking at, um, I forgot we were doing we we're doing a podcast. And I looked at it and and he was ahead of Bueller at one point. Bieber. Yeah, I'm glad that didn't stick. Yeah, Bieber, so Bieber. it's definitely a little wacky, but but this is but even though it's best ball influenced. You're gonna see this type of ADP influence actual redraft too, because it's already in place, and there's a six pick difference between him and Clevenger according to these uh, rankings. And because of that, you're gonna see people influenced by that, like your general drafters. All right, so Zach, where do you have? I think you have him top twenty-five, Soroka. Oh, twenty-four. Okay, oh. so I have him thirty-nine. I don't. Yeah, I don't have him in my top twenty-five. I have. I have his teammate Max Fried ahead of him. Wow, so, I like I liked Fried. I I had him. I I drafted him in some leagues at the beginning of the year last year. Um, I like Fried, but I still have Soroka. Um, okay, so can I, let me tell you my opinion on Soroka. So I think he's a lesser Kyle Hendricks. He cool. he relies on weak contact and ground balls, which is fine. But the low Ks limit his potential for me. He ended up with a 4.28 Sierra. He was, pro- he was top five luckiest pitcher when it came to uh, Woba, X-Woba, plus Woba, X-WobaCon. Um, and you have Max Freed sitting there. And I don't know where you have him ranked. I have no idea. But I just – I keep preaching this to anyone. But – it's just everyone's probably sick of this by now. But Max Fried has a higher K per nine, a lower home run per nine, a better K walk percentage, a better ERA, a better FIP, a better XFIP, a better Sierra. He's literally better pitches. When I look at Soroka's pitches in the months that he's pitched, they're all literally in the middle of the pack. And I don't understand why people are so in love with this guy. Pedigree. He had a good he had a great ERA, ERA which is fine. But in potential ERA, he's better in points leagues and quality starts, but not not, not compared uh, not compared to a lot of pitchers that are going after him where people are drafting him. He's saying he has Soroka at twenty four, so I mean I got Freed, I, I got Freed I, at fifty. Yeah, that blows my mind. Freed's gonna get you more case. He could he could definitely get you a better ERA at the end of the day. He could. I, and you know what? I'm not, he, he's I'm, on I'm, the I'm, same team, so you get the same amount of wins. So, Mike, when you're talking about like points league, that doesn't make any sense to me. I'm just saying it's. Weird I'm just no, I know. I I mean, I'm I'm I, get, that's I get. Where you're, yeah, I get what you're. Yeah, I get what you're saying. But, okay, I, I got two questions just to sort of uh, gauge the barometer before we go on. Mike, where do you have um, Soroka? I haven't Dirty. made the. Oh, I haven't, oh wait, which Mike? <laughs> Mike Curland. Uh, I haven't made it that far in my ranks yet, but I can tell you right now, I'm looking at the ADP. I'd rather have, like, I have my top 25 here tonight. I'd rather have Thor before him. I'd rather have Darvish. These are guys not in my top 25, so sorry. Spoiler alert. Um, I'd rather have Sonny Gray. I'd rather have... Yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather have Gallon over him. I'd rather have... I've Gallon yeah, Gall- right behind him. I'd rather that, was, that, was, that, that was a tough call for me. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'll just tell you right now, I'm not in on Soroka this year. I will not, he, he's like a Scherzer for me. He's on my do not draft list because, just because of the K factor. Um, then how come you have him so high? Just because of the options after that. Because everyone after that is just too risky. You're not going to pitch a full season in my mind or just doesn't have the track record. So in, I'd, rather, like, I'd rather have Grinky. I was going to say, no, so you have Granky after him? I, 
Oh yeah, of course. Granky's Granky's he's uh, do not draft for me. He's fallen off, I think. Or what about Barrios then? Barrios two is he's a sub four ear what? Two pitch pitcher, right? Yeah, but he, the guy's got a sub four year A three years in a row. I mean, Barrios, he's gonna give you he's gonna give you 190 to 200 innings. It's a, it's with a higher K per nine against Soroka. Well, yeah, I know I'm saying over Soroka, yes, but not. I was to say I don't have him in my top 25. So years. no, he's not mine either. But I'm just making a case for it because because oh, gotcha. Zach is playing is saying that Soroka is safer than the guys behind him. I'm just trying I, to bring up someone who is solid and will give you innings. Gallon. And, Gallon, you know what? I've Soroka for 24, Gallon 25. If, if you, had, you had a gun to my head, I'd probably pick Gallon. You know what? So I, I, would, I would adjust that at this point. Um, so moving down one. But Barrios, so after, after, the, after uh, 25, which Soroka is 24, I have Barrios, Granke, Syndergaard. Those three guys, Granke, I think is falling off a cliff. I don't want him. I That's really fu- yeah, that I get. I'd way rather have Soroka. Get behind Bar- that. Bar- and Barrios and Syndergaard, those two guys – I'm just afraid they're one step away from falling into this Chris Archer abyss. Okay. <laughs> the Chris Archer abyss. I like it. I like the name. Sorry. I don't trust him. I don't want him. I'd rather have Soroka. Like, would you take a wheeler over him? Over um, Soroka? Yeah. Well, wheeler doesn't, he hasn't put up the K's. More, K, more K's than Soroka. Right. I mean, I guess it depends it's, where it's close. To, it's close. It's close. I think we can move on. We can tell. Like, we don't. Agree I'm sorry. That. I just like I. I just hate Soroka so much, and I don't understand anyone who could rate him so high. And um, you know who else backs me on this? And I loved it was Alex Chamberlain. Oh well. Speaking of Alex Chamberlain, no, we won't, we'll leave that one go. Uh, <laughs> we may or may not have him coming up on a future episode. Can't wait to talk to him about it. Yeah, he'll be on next week. That's one of our big guests coming on. Anyway, enough name dropping. I'm curious, where do you guys have Nola? Real quick. No, that's fine because we're getting right. Okay, let's be honest. So after the top ten to twelve, it turns into like that, the first semi glob. Yeah, we're right. That right. Glob. right. So, right so I'm now, just curious. I want to see if I have him high or well, what. I got him twenty two. Okay. I have him. Let me pull it up. Sorry, I had it up. I'm looking at ADP. I think I'm right in line with ADP. I have him um, basically 15. 15. Okay, I have him 16. All right. Who do I have ahead? So I'm not too crazy over him. Well, I, I feel like I'm a little high on him, but I don't know. I just like him. I think he's safe, solid. I think he can get closer back to that, you know, Scion Calibre. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think he gets his control sure. back. That's the thing. Like, a lot of people complain about the ball not being able to, you know, easy to grip. But who do you guys have ahead of him? Like, throw some names out there because. I, I feel high on him, and I want to move him down. I'm kind of like more. I have Severino, Flaherty, Kershaw, Corbin in front of him. So do I. I have all those guys except for Kershaw. We have, we have okay. one. Oh, Kershaw is the only And that's because of what? Health? Health and, uh, uh, and Ks. I think he's, okay. done, he, he's, he's like a 1.0K per – or sorry, 9.0K per 9 max right now. Okay. Or, not max. He's, he's very – if he's healthy, you know you're going to get – a top 25 pitcher and you're not going to get a top 10. Nola has that top 10 upside. That's the difference for me. Yes. Yes, exactly. I even agree. if it's not 10, it's top 12 ish. Like I, I got Charlie Morton. I got Charlie Morton way ahead. I got Corbin. I actually well. have, I actually have Nola 15, Kershaw 16, Morton 17 and Morton has the highest ceiling, 
but he just pitched his career high in innings at like 196. Yeah, right? that's what we're. He's like as old. He's as old as Verlander and Scherzer. Yeah, but he just. This is the first time he's ever. Oh, here, I'll, I got. He doesn't this. know the miles. It's crazy because this is the first year he stayed healthy, man. Yeah, basically. Well, last year I think he had a decent amount. He had 167 innings last year, up right. from 146 the year before. He's yeah. on. He's on three. Okay, three straight years of going up in innings. So I'll give him that. And he actually pitched right in line with his peripherals, basically. His K's been up, his walks been down, like everything you'd love to see, except for the fact that he's 36 yeah. years old and he pitches career high 194 innings. You're going to tell me he's suddenly injury, not injury prone? I have a hard time buying that. So I feel a little safer with Nola and Kershaw. But yeah. I don't, but, but, if you, if you have, but if you have Morton ahead of them, I also have no problem with that because Morton does have the higher ceiling at this point. Yeah. Potentially higher ceiling. I mean, so I it's as simple as that. <laughs> can I bring up two more pitchers that I'm just curious about? Where do you guys have Kluber Carrasco? I was gonna ask about Kluber. That was that's who I wanted to talk about. I have him at 19. I have him at 23. I've, I have Kluber at 19 as well. I have him at 23. Yeah. What I, about- want, I want I want Corey Kluber this year because he doesn't. He's old, like he's considered one of those old. I'm putting using quotations old pitchers. He, like he doesn't have the miles on him. And last year was really the only year that he didn't have a very 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 good year. So, and he was hurt. I yeah, think he, basically I think, the whole year. And I read something with uh, Frank Cohen saying that um, he's he's really pumped about Kluber. Like he he's taking like the playoffs and all the innings have, have taken a toll on you. And that year off, like I've experienced it personally from from playing baseball, taking that rest off really helps you uh, get stronger. So I think he can come back stronger. He's what is he 33? I don't know. I think I think he's thirty three. Um, um, he's thirty three. So he's three years younger than Verlander and, and Scherzer. He'll be thirty-four. He'll be thirty-four entering next year. So he's younger. He's two or three years younger than them. Doesn't have the miles on his arm that even they had at that age. Um, he's been a Cy Young twice or three times. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of upside. Like I don't say I don't use the word upside a lot for pitchers that are 33, 34 years old, but I think there's a lot of upside in, in Kluber and yeah. um, and you, you, the floor is pretty nice too if he stays healthy. Which yeah, the injuries aren't—they aren't sinister. Um, I'm going to be big on Kluber this year in redraft. Yeah, yeah I feel um, like people forget how good he actually is. I didn't. I, he, I just—I think he just people are ignoring the decline he showed in 2018. Even 2018. 2018, he was great. He had a 2.89 ERA in 2018. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Mike, he pitched over 200 innings. <laughs> he had 20 wins that carried his relevance. What? Okay, what about the 9.29 K per nine? We're talking about, okay, an average K per nine. Obviously, okay, but when you put in a 289, right? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter because I might be too low on him. I haven't, I've been looking into him. I've been honestly, I just moved him down, but I'm not, my big thing was his, um, his velocity has been going down over the last couple of seasons as well. And it's just like, I don't really know what to expect. You, I might honestly move him up. I, I maybe put too much on the injury when it was just a forearm. It wasn't. It was a broken bone. It wasn't really like a throwing injury. Right. I kind of want to see his velocity. I think I'm scared of him. Yeah. But right Steamer, now, looking, Steamer projects him for three nine nine ERA. If that means anything to you? I don't really care about projections. To be all that honest. Okay. Just wondering. I'm, I mean, just personal. I don't know how you guys feel about projections. No, I, I don't really care about them either. I just brought so up. Didn't he, know if that. He's meant. always a slow starter. I know that his walks yeah. took last year. So I, I'm, I'm just, I don't know what to expect. Did he age out? Did he, like, what are we getting here? Like, I want to, like, if I, if I move him up, it's going to be 
above Giolito because again, I'm trying to find people to put Giolito ahead of. <laughs> all right <laughs> but it's like Carrasco Kluber it's like I'm having a hard time putting him over like for instance Paddock so wait you guys have him at 19 Kluber yeah who are some names after him uh Carrasco Darvish Paxton Glass now Syndergaard Paddock okay so the only one I don't agree with is Carrasco but you have you have him back to back don't you yes I do where do you have I have, all the, I have I have the same list except for obviously no Paddock I'll, I have Carrasco at 20 I got Carrasco low. I got him at 35. Whoa. Dude, he had cancer. He didn't even have injuries. <laughs> like, yeah. Dude. Yeah, he had cancer. Yeah. Tyone beat it. Tyone also yeah. has a second TJ. But yeah. see, he had he had more encouraging stats than Kluber did in his short little stint. 10.8K per nine. His velocity remained the same. Walked Weren't they using him as a reliever? That might – yeah, he did work for a little bit towards the end. Yeah, for like maybe like what the last like two weeks or something. He Not had, even. But prior last to week. That, I do remember prior to that, he was still striking out plenty. He was getting on like look, his home runs killed him last year. Home run to fly ball of twenty two a home a home run to fly ball rate of twenty two point two percent. Home runs per nine of two point zero three. That was by far like a career high in the majors. And all his like his FIP and X and all that were solid run to two runs lower. Sierra of three fifty three. Like, there's a lot of upside here. I think Carrasco, like, between Carrasco and Kluber, Carrasco's going actually lower in ADP as well as far as, like, you know, Kluber's actually still getting kind of some respect. Kluber is going 27th, which is low, but Carrasco's going closer to your, where you have him at 34. And I think there's so much value to be had there. I want Carrasco everywhere this year. The way you guys I want Kluber. So, so do you only have him over Kluber because of what you think the ADP will be? Because technically, Kluber and Kresk are basically the same age, but Kluber has always been a better pitcher. So that's I, why I, I have Kluber more, over Carrasco. I think there's actually a little more upside left in Carrasco, just based on, like, I'm just looking at, like, some of the indicators from last year, the higher K rate, the the velocity wasn't at all affected. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's like I'm, I'm just a little more optimistic, I think it is. Because you've seen two straight years now of Kluber barely getting a K per inning. You see, you know what I mean? Like, the, I, I know the ERA was there, but the wins, you can't count on wins as much as you want to. I, I, I admit, I'm probably a little low on Kluber. Just talking to you guys makes me realize that. And I honestly can move him up. And I, I'll move him up. I'll, I'll, I just have a hard time putting him over Paddock, personally. So that moves them down. Yeah, I wouldn't put him over Paddock. But then I have, like, but oh, well, you know what? Let's get to my guy I'm really absurdly high on. That's Woodruff. Hmm. I have Woodruff over both of them. Oh, oh God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I believe Derek Van Riper has him 15th, man. What? Yeah, I'm not crazy. I, I've seen it. I've, I've seen it. <sighs> you people know, know, my mind. He had a great year last year. He got hurt. His ERA wasn't that great. I, don't know. I think he was like in the 3.6 or 3.7s, if I'm not mistaken. And his swing strike percentage is just average. And, you mean there's no, there's no and he just has moving? two fastballs. That's it. The only the only thing I like about him, the thing I like about Woodruff is he has a good K rate. That's all I can really say. About right. Him. I mean, I I said to Mike because Mike told me to look at him, and I before I actually got to take a look at him, and he is top twenty in a lot of categories, and I he was better than I thought. The two pitch mix worries me. The average well, swing strike percentage actually, worries me. He has a five the, pitch arsenal. Yeah, yeah, but only two of his pitches are good. 
It's a, what does the arsenal mean if only two of them are good? You mean to tell me out of those three pitches, he can't find a third decent pitch to, just to be good enough? Maybe, but you can't assume that he's just going to find a third one out of thin you air. You can't. Well, it's not that he's finding it, it's that he's refining <laughs> it. Because, you know, a full, a full offseason has the two pitches here he has. Why wouldn't you build on that? What pitch? So who do you have him in front of, though? Like you just said, you have him in front of, yeah, two guys who, especially Kluber, someone who's won Cy Young Awards, like, and, yeah, okay. and and <laughs> has the pitch mix to do it already. Also in their thirties. Okay, but guy, <laughs> this guy's this guy's twenty six years old. Go look at his Statcast page. Not who else you have in front? Who else you have him in front of? Just those. Those are like the big names. Giolito was another one where I'm like. So I don't understand why you're so low on Giolito. Then I'm just not a big Giolito guy. Why? I don't. I honestly just. Uh, you I, don't I, even. I, I really don't. Know. <laughs> yeah, he had 11.62 K9. A 15 swing strike percentage was ridiculous. His ve- velocity went up almost two miles an hour. Oh, that reminds There's me. There's nothing yeah. to not believe about. I don't know, him. man. I keep I keep going down because I think it was Zach put this little uh this little thing in my head and it kind of made me knock him down because I had him I had Julito above uh Nola at one point all the way up there and like 15th. I have him 18, Julito. I got him 16. Or no, I got him 18. Yeah, I got Giolito 18 right above Kluber. All right. So why I, do you I, I moved Giolito down today because I was, like, so torn. I'll move him back up. I really will. <laughs> Dude, I, you don't understand. This glob, this glob is so tough for me. But okay, nah, just, I get it. I get it. With Woodruff? I have Woodruff in a, in a, in a separate glob. I have, a, I have him in a glob of, like, the upside arms. He's in my glob with Lamette, Kopech, Lazardo. Like, no, that's see, what- I brought- uh, see, I have him. I have him like a group above that. I have him 29th. I have him in my tier four. And well, I'm 30th, so I probably have those other guys. Uh, well, we're like I, gonna, I probably have the Lamets and Kopech and Lizardo higher. Yeah. We're doing. Stop it. We're you doing have Kopech in top 30. 31. Stop it. We're not going there, right, guys. <laughs> okay. Well, Woodruff. It's, it's only Woodruff. fitting that I have Glasno 12th. That I have Kopech 31st. Wait, who do you have after Kopech? Lizardo Darvish. You have yeah, someone who has barely pitched in the major leagues <laughs> above you, Darvish, who had the one of the most ridiculous second halves when you also love Flaherty because he had a ridiculous second half. And you have Darvish below someone who didn't even pitch in the majors last year. You, you Darvish, has had prolonged periods of terribleness. And he's uh, like 34. And, he's, and Flaherty has had prolonged periods of Darvish normalcy. Is going to get injured. I don't want Darvish. He will be injured this year. Don't draft him. I'm just going to be silent the rest of this podcast. Can I, can I, go, can I go back to defending my Wizards <laughs> love at least, please? Yes. Can I like a little bit? <laughs> so with Woodruff, you mentioned – the first thing that you mentioned was – I know this is boring now compared to your argument. But the first <laughs> thing you mentioned was his ERA of 3.62. His FIP and XFIP were literally 3.01, 3.36, and a Sierra of 3.6. So it was like the Sierra was in line. But you're looking at a guy that he got a little hurt, still had 11 wins last year. K per nine improved, walk per nine went down. K minus walk, where is that? Your favorite little stat, 22.9, which is pretty solid. And then overall, yes, he did all that, and he was still just above league average in swinging strike rate, 11.6. So I think there's actually room to improve that. Not to mention his, his his chase rate went up from the year before about five percent and was at thirty three point nine, which is above league average. You look at a Statcast page, top six percent of the league in exit velocity, top six percent of the league in barrel rate, and top nine percent in hard hit rate. What's not to like about him? And you're telling me 
at age 25, he can't just grow, can't, or 26, sorry. He can't just grow and add to that arsenal. And not to mention, literally, if you look at March of last year, his, his velocity was at 95.94 miles per hour on the four-seamer. Come October, it was 98.61. Sinker, same growth, 94.5 miles per hour to low 98s. Changeup grew. He literally added velocity upwards of two or more miles per hour, two to four miles per hour, depending on what pretty much on every pitch. Except for the changeup was barely touched in the slider. But there's just so much there to like so much upside and growth. And my cat is chasing his tail in a circle. Like I'm speaking in circles. Yeah, that's happening right now. Sorry, it blew my mind. My cat never does that. Um <laughs> the, the end. Squirrel. So yeah, that's like dude, like I love Woodruff. I don't understand why you're so down on him. Like you're really I'm surprised you're down on him. I don't know. G Little's going back behind him. That's happening again. <sighs> Sigh. Like, I don't know. Well, man. I already said why well, I'm down on him. Oh, I know. I just Whatever. I don't I'm surprised. Like I feel like there's a bet, bet I think I make a better case for why you should be high on him. But you no. see, here's the here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. You can be you you can I can I have him as high as I do. You don't have, and that's a lot of things. You have to look at ADP and stuff. Play eight. This goes into the draft strategy a little bit. ADP tells you you can get him so much later. Carrasco and Kluber are also falling. We all have them in our top 25 at one point, and all of which have ADPs outside the top 25, at least or these early fan tracks drafts. So do, you have, do you have Glass now ahead of him? I have Glass now at 23 below him. Woodruff uh, has the. Glass now has the two pitch mix. I looked at Woodruff. So does Woodruff, though. He has the potential uh, for more, though. He already throws three other pitches. He throws five pitches. Yeah, but between the three, I know none of them are like anything that doesn't, special. That doesn't. Yeah. I, but I think there's potential to to come up with. There's potential to improve one of those pitches in the offseason. and I think stuff like that's. Glass now throws more than two pitches. He just only has two good ones, like yeah, Woodruff. You know except I mean. he's better at it. <laughs> I, I'm just going. I, don't know. I, I don't just know. think I think Woodruff, I think Woodruff has a higher floor too. Glass now, I'm still not sold on the ceiling. 60 innings is not enough for me. So can I talk about my Giolito now, Mike? <laughs> yeah, you can. You can drop your Giolito little. This podcast in. is just everywhere right now. But these are all so, five guys, man. Talking about everywhere, I'm gonna I'm gonna be in one room and then a couple of the other room after I say this because I'm gonna debate with myself. Um, so. Looking into uh, Giolito, his metrics are great, but he was really inconsistent. Three months, three separate months with an ERA above five. One of those months, he had an ERA above six. He also had an absurd amount of innings against the Kansas City Royals. 21% of his innings were versus KC. That's crazy even for an intra-division rival. His ERA was above four versus all the best offenses. And I'm paraphrasing here. But he's faced, he faced New York, Boston, Cubs, Atlanta, all the area above four versus them. But he did have a complete game shutout against, shutout against the Astros. But that game, they were missing Altuve, Springer, and they didn't have Alvarez that day. Yeah, he's top 20 for me, but I don't know. Then, before, before you guys can respond to that, that's, that's, that's Giolito blasphemy. Then, I, have, I sorted, um, I sorted the, um, the swinging strike rate and all of those um, – type of stats, uh, zone percentages, all Z contact. You know what I mean? What, what stats are those? The advanced stats, metrics. Advanced, yeah, the advanced metrics. The play so of all, quali- of all qualifying pitchers, and spoiler alert, Snell didn't qualify. He barely makes it into there. There's six pitchers. Six pitchers with a, a swinging strike rate above 13, which is, in my opinion, elite. 
and a Z contact rate below 80%, which again is sort of the, the fake um, guideline for me for being elite. Those pitchers were Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, Garrett Cole, Luis Castillo, Lucas Giolito, number six, Robbie Ray. So this tells me that, yeah, they're getting a lot of swinging strikes, and um, they're, um, but, but also their Z contact rate is very low. That means, um, obviously, the batters are swinging and missing it in the strike zone. So um, of all those pitchers, and taking this a step further, all of them had a very high zone percentage, which, mean, which means they are throwing it in the zone. So that makes sense that the Z contact, if they're having high, if they have a high swinging strike, but a high swinging strike and a low Z contact, they should be throwing it in the zone a lot. Two of those pitchers had a very low zone rate, um, which leads me to believe that they have room to even improve further. One was Luis Castillo, and the other is Robbie Ray. Um, Lu- Lu- Lucas Giolito, highest zone percentage. So I don't, yeah, he, I don't know. He pounds make, the zone, man. Yeah, I don't know what to make of that though. So, so can I just say? Can I just say? Let me say one thing. You you broke down his monthly ERA, right? And his his, his, his uh, ERA against like elite opponents or above right. average opponents. So let me just say this. I mean, I don't know if you looked at this, but I I glanced real quick. So the months where he had really bad ERAs, he was his left on base percentage fifty six, very low sixty six point seven low. And 50%, which is well, very yeah, low as well. Here's his X FIPS for those months 3.90 low, 4.46, okay. And then a three and then a 3.15 X FIPS. So he got unlucky. So he got unlucky. It's interesting. There's a lot just, of just taking a quick glance. I mean, I'm sure you could dive in more. Um, and, 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 and you know what the thing is, too? One of those months, he had the sec- his second highest K walk percentage. So, I mean, Maybe he just got unlucky those months. Maybe you're right. Maybe he's just inconsistent. Maybe it's against who he's playing. I mean, it's tough, but the good news is is he's gonna play with all those teams again. Maybe not as much as yeah. that's the thing. That's yeah. why it's like I would I've gone back and forth on G Little Man. I've had him top I've had him as high as top fifteen or top fourteen, even I think, and then I've had him as low as twenty-three. And I I think I'm too low on him and Kluber, so I gotta find ways to move him up. I just don't know if I can do I, Woodruff. Okay, I can put G Little over Woodruff. I just don't know if I can put Kluber over Woodruff. I got him 18. I'm, I'm happy with Giolito at 18. Um, I might flip flop him with Bauer. I have Bauer at 17. So I, I could see him, I could see moving Giolito. Oh, yeah, but I'm, I'm not, yeah. I like Giolito at 18 as well. You rather have yeah. Giolito or Nola? Oh, Nola. Giolito. Where do you have Nola? <laughs> no, I'd rather have Nola over Giolito. I'm no. so torn on that. Giolito, Giolito or Kershaw? Kershaw. Everyone over Kershaw. Yeah. <laughs> Morton or Kershaw? Kershaw. Morton. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I just put Gilito back to his original ranking. I want to be a man of my word. I want to go back to my original ranks. And I put I have Gilito. I had him originally between Aaron Nola and Kershaw, I believe. So I'll put him right back there. I'm looking for reasons to move up. I do like Kluber the more we talk about him. But I really am high on Brandon Woodruff. I don't want I got you guys are talking me down on him. That's because you guys are my friends and I respect your dumb opinions. But <laughs> it's like I want to put Woodruff behind them, but they're in the same tier. And I'm very big on tier uh, tier based. Uh, race. Yeah, I agree. So it's like I'm I'm trying, but the problem is, is people always look at the number. They don't look at the tier. Right. 
and I'm gonna I want to put this out there for everybody when we do talk about tiers it's like we'll take anybody and like we value everybody in that tier similarly we, yeah. we, have, we have preferences right but the idea is that like if you take the top guy in that tier from me I'm gonna fall back on whichever one falls last type of thing yeah say. or like or basically like you can't blame anyone for taking one person in that tier over another you could yeah. see it anyway right and that tier for me would be like I, I would say Woodruff through glass now are a tier for me. See, I mean, I have Gla- I have Woodruff in a tier you, four below Nola, below Kluber, below Carrasco, below Jolio. You know, see, I put I say I put Nola. Okay, well, we can talk. Like, I guess well, we shouldn't talk about that another podcast. But having three guests, it kind of makes you have to jump because we are very different. Mostly, me and you aren't so much, Mike. It's Zach's quirky rankings, which I love them. I love the aggressiveness of his rankings. Similar to Joe Gentile, fake team was very aggressive in, the, in his ranks. I love that. And it makes for good conversation. That's why we've been uh, – Like, I have Freed in the same tier as Woodruff. That's aggressive. Whoa. Whoa. Screw your Freed. Love me some Freed this year. See, they, see, free, free Freed. I can't wait for it. Watch him just blow up and be terrible, and then everyone's just going <laughs> to unfollow me so quickly. Oh, I, meant to, I meant to ask you, um, SP Streamer, because I can't say Mike, because you're both Mike. Um, where do you, uh, you have Freed above Soroka. Where does Fulty fall in there for you? I have – oh, man. Trash. He is 56. So, you have so been... Fulty's 56. I have Soroka 39, Freed 37. Okay. Serious question? Where's Bauer for everybody? I have Bauer at 25. I think I'm really low on him. 17. 34. So it's, again, another case of high, middle, low. I think there's so many different outcomes for Bauer. I think 17 is really aggressive. I actually am going to give you a hard time on that one, Zach, because we saw what he did to us last year. We were both on Bauer very much. Yes. I might have to move him down. I said I I already said I might move uh, Giolito ahead of him. I could see him being where Mike is saying – I just I had to put him low because I I know he has the stuff and all that crap. I mean he's he's kind of a head case, but the it. fact that he has had one season, one season under a four ERA, it's just like I'm just starting to think he's just he's just not going to hit his potential because he's a what, lunatic. What he's I'm an absolute lunatic. What I am wondering though gets in his own way. Well, Sorry. Too. No, I'm just curious if he. Maybe okay. Look what look what the pitching coach did with Sonny Gray last year. Maybe a full offseason with the hit with the hitting coach, pitching coach. Yeah, they have a very good pitching coach, which um, I'll give you. Then on top of that, maybe he because he is into the analytics. You got to think he's gonna dive in and be like, "Well, this pitch worked. Why didn't this one work?" And he he watches all these different like thing videos of himself and slow motion. He's very into it. I think he can make the proper the proper changes. Plus if the ball isn't as bouncy, we're looking at a guy who was giving up long ball like crazy last year too. Another one that was burned by it. You know what I mean? Like every time I feel like it was like a three run home run every time you give up a home run. And I'm just wondering if the ball is a little more of a pitcher's ball. I'm not saying he's going to be 2018 Bauer, but I think there's some, I think there's a happy medium. That's why I have him ranked right there. I think there's a happy medium between 2018 and 2019 Bauer. I think we can see that Bauer come out in 2020. Yeah. Right. That's why I kind I of agree. I I'm kind like, of agree. Again, this yeah, is my. Like, I could see. I could see that too. Yeah. So that kind of covers our top twenty-five really well. Yeah, it was kind of all over the place. So we will make sure to link the uh, all of our. I'll make sure to link all of our rankings, probably under on Twitter, and I'll 
we'll put them out there so you guys can follow along somewhat. I hope it wasn't too confusing, but a lot of the names were similar, just ranked differently, and we obviously covered the bigger differences in our ranking. So now we're going to go ahead and transition to your questions. We had a few of them on Twitter. First one is at JWGamer. How does – this one's actually more of like a draft philosophy thing. How does quality starts first wins format impact your rankings, if at all? Especially at openers beginning with, especially as openers begin to see use. I read that all screwy. Essentially, quality starts versus wins. I'll let you guys answer it before I give mine. Maybe you'll answer it for me. I can, I think it, ultimately though, it does alter our rankings, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you gotta you gotta get Soroka up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you <Soroka>. know. <laughs> Soroka and Grigi might be top 25. Um, I think I had Grigi top 25. I don't think we talked about that. I think I had Grigi there or just fringe outside. Well, if it's quality start, honestly, again, it kind of depends where he's I I would almost move DeGrom up to one um, when it comes to quality start. Obviously, if you're in quality start league, you're not going to draft any opener. I mean, any uh, bulk reliever guy because what's the point? Yeah, and um, on top of that, you value guys like guys like Soroka, Grinky, Kershaw definitely gains a lot of value. Yes. Um, guys like that, just safer. K, you obviously still want to value Ks, but you won't be going after a Charlie Morton. You won't be going after a Lazardo. Guys that might not be quality start guys, solid. Guys like that take the hit. Yeah, I would maybe try and stay away from the Brewers pitchers as well. No. I know, Mr. Woodruff over there. No, but like, but for instance, yeah, I agree. You they also... they limited a lot of their pitchers, especially towards the end of the year, where fantasy no, playoffs agree. were being, you know, I'll being played. They were, they're, yeah, I know, but they were keeping, they're even keeping guys under five innings. They're keeping out like four, four point two innings. Some of them. It's ridiculous. I remember because I was streaming them and I was getting angry. <laughs> so maybe you should stream better. I would maybe, I would maybe push them down. I'll give a boring answer. I don't think it matters as much as you, as much as people make it out to matter. Um, for example, this year I, I, I steered clear of glass now, even though I was on him in quality start leagues. And you know what he like in the, in that small sample size, he was great for quality starts. So I think if you're a good pitcher and you expect um, quality starts, I think you can expect wins unless you're, I guess the DeGrom example is a good example where it, it makes a big difference, but um I don't. I don't see it making a huge difference where you're going to change your rankings that much. You you wouldn't value Soroka and all them a little more. I'm not saying it's drastic, but if it's you know, I, I would league, I, stop saying certain, Soroka. I would. I would value him higher. Of course, he was a he was a quality start master. You love you love Mike Soroka. Mike. I actually don't. I'm not going to draft him at all. No, not, he's uh, not you, Zach. Mike does. Mike loves Mike. Yeah, Soroka. no, he's the best. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's enough of that one. That's draft strategy. Next question is at Men 76 If I mispronounce that, I apologize. Is there hope for Joe Musgrove and Pitt? Is Greg Aral a bona fide number two? Is Cease the most talented SP the White Sox have right now? No, Giolito is the most talented <laughs> SP the White Sox have right now. Yeah, Cease is that upside, but he's got to figure out his control issue first. He, Cease reminds me a lot of Snell, like a young Snell. Kopech has more upside than Cease. Pure upside. Yes, correct. You're so you're Cease definitely right three. on that. But I do have Cease over Kopech in my rankings. If that oh makes goodness, sense. no, we're not going down this route, man. Sorry. Is that because Kopech's not going to start with the major leagues? 
Yeah, I just – you just don't know what they're – and plus, what about – what are they going to do with his inning limit? I mean, who knows how much they're going to really let him pitch, and I feel like Cease, they'll let, they'll let him pitch a lot more. Um, That's true. I, I also – this is weird. I never, ever think about this, but I kind of – I have followed Kopech in social media in the past, <laughs> and I do kind of think he's somewhat of a D-bag. And <laughs> I kind of just hate him on a personal level. <laughs> what is wrong with you saying this stuff? I'm editing this now. Why are you editing that? <laughs> um, Fine. You so I just kind of, you know, I just, you know, I, I don't know. I put Whatever. him lower because of that. I know it has really I mean, nothing might, to do with his performance level. He could be a tool. I don't care. Dude, it's all about fantasy I think baseball. he's – I basically think he's going to become almost like a head case, you know. I well, feel like I, he might. I feel like he could get in his own way of his potential, kind of like Bauer, and I feel almost like Syndergaard is going like that Vaughn, way as well. Like Vaughn from Major League. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Wild thing, man. I know. I know what you're talking. California about. Penal. The California Penal League. Yeah, goodness. Oh, great movie. Okay. Uh, oh, he. Uh, so yeah. So that answers C. He has three parts to this question. Yes. Uh, Musgrove. I was looking at him a little bit. I'm just, I don't know, man. It's weird. I was looking at it. What's really weird is that his K, he's under, he's under a 9.0 K per nine. He's yeah, under, I think he's normally a ground ball weak contact guy, right? But let me see. Actually, I didn't look at the ground ball. I think that's normally his game. Yeah, like 45% ground ball rate. See, my answer is just going to be no because Pitt is just like the freaking Mets. The, it doesn't matter. What you do, I feel like. Man, almost. like, okay, here, here's, the, here's the crazy part. So his swinging strike rate, it actually improved this year. It's up 12%, which isn't bad. That's above league average. His OS, his chase rate for the second straight year is 35.5% or better. Wow. So he has he, – there's no reason why he shouldn't have at least nine – at least a K per inning. And then what, what gets you, I guess, is the Z contact. It's, so, yeah, you're looking at it. He's throwing in the zone more than league average. And he's allowing above league average zone contact. So maybe if he just didn't throw in the zone as much, maybe it's easier said than done. I think there is a little more upside there, but I think it's we're past this, we're past the point of expecting that next step. But maybe SP three upside still. He's only twenty six, so. And again, there's a lot to potentially gain in his profile. It's just you have to hope that he gains it. I think SP three upside is what you have to hope for. I'm I'm not really seeing much else maybe i'm missing something no see i like to i tend to chase the guys who have the k9 potential well i just Um, gave you reason to believe that his k9 could improve and it should be better than what it is even with what was his k percentage only eight only 8.5 k per nine i didn't look at the actual percentage what was you don't know his k percentage i'm looking at oh i got the page slow scrolling his k rate was actually 21.9 percent and his swing strike was yeah. Well, I feel like with a, he's, with a chase rate with a chase rate of his K percentage might go up slightly. It should be higher with this profile. What where he gets burned it's, is he he allows too much zone contact because he throw, he throws in the zone too much and he and it gets hit too much. He's too hittable. I like you said he depends on ground balls too much. So his ex-fip, his ex-fip was 431, his fit was 382. So, I mean. so yeah, I'm looking close uh, real quick here. He definitely was 
a little unlucky too. That's um, what I'm saying. I think there's again SP three upside, but nothing beyond that. Like all of his pitchers, you know, their X Wobas a lot better. Um, but I could see his K percentage going up a little bit. I'm not saying he's anything mm. special. That's why. I no, no, no. I know upside. what you're saying. Um, I agree with you. I think SP three upside is like the best. I wouldn't. So I would say there. I would say there's some. There's some hope there. Oh goodness! You, you gave him false hope. Don't do it. <laughs> I'm not, but again, yeah. it's the Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> now, greater all somebody you like, Zach, or liked last year. Bruce Greaterall. Yeah, Bruce Greaterall. That's the yeah. last guy he asked about. Yeah, I he think he's in know. the rotation next year. I think he throws. Well, I know he throws like 100 miles an hour. <laughs> he mentioned legit a subside. I think was the wording. I'm looking at it right now. Hold on. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, bona fide number two. Sorry. Yeah, I think he would be an ace. You think? Well, at least a number two. I just, yeah, I mean, you he look could. At some, you look at some of his minor league stats. I mean, he did hit eleven point eight one K per nine. He had over eleven point K per nine in a few a uh, few seasons. Uh, ERA usually twos. Sometimes hit the threes. I think the upside. Yeah, he's there, good. But... Yeah, he could be like a Severino um, at the high end. You know, we didn't talk about him tonight. No, we did. Did we talk? We mentioned him in our ranks. No one. We all, have, we all have Severino top 20, right? Let's just get that. In yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, who's the highest? Let's see, real quick. I have him at 14. Yeah, no, sorry. On the fly. Oh. Um, I'm just scrolling up. I have him at 13. I'm at 15. Okay, cool. So right on. We're all on the same page. Yeah. Are we going <laughs> to answer this drunk Professor Oak one? <laughs> oh, dude. Okay. Drunk Professor Oak is hilarious. He's somebody worth following. I mean, if you're into that type of parody stuff, we're not going to obviously answer, but man, he's been great. I, I, oh, yeah. I, enjoy, I enjoy every time he responds. Definitely a fo- worth a follow if you're interested. And if you're listening, to Drunk <laughs> Professor, if he's you really funny. If you are listening to our podcast, Drunk Professor Oak, please let us know because that would make my day. I would love to know that you listen to our podcast. <laughs> and if you and if you don't, it's upsetting. But yeah, he's awesome. It's upsetting. it's upsetting, dude. He's he's hilarious. I find him hilarious. No, he's hysterical. Oh my god, when he put his rankings, I was dying. Anyway, <laughs> oh man. Next I, question. Yeah. No, sorry. Yeah, I laughed out loud at his stuff too. All right. So at this is Dave at David Doug about thirty nine. Will Jesus Lazaro break camp with a spot in the rotation? What are realistic expectations? You know, I'm probably going to be the highest on Jesus Lazaro. Oh, no. Zach's pretty high on him, too. Um, where you guys have him? He's going to be. Yeah, he's going to be in the low 30s for me, too. I have him 47. Holy jeez, why? <laughs> what is well, you, see, you guys are – I feel like you guys are – you guys ride high upside a little more than I do. I'd rather a proven pitcher name more so. Guy, name a few guys um, between 35 and, and where you have them. Because 35, if you, he's top 35 for me. Guaranteed. All right. So, all right. So I got Lamette. I can understand that one. I'll just, I'll just, uh, I'll just keep going, I guess. Lamette, Ray, Free, no. Bumgarner, Bum no, Soroka, Ace, Otani, Minor, Hendricks, Wheeler, Herman, McCullers. Hmm. Okay, I'm just I'm just fast forwarding to when we do our auctions, even in redraft leagues. There, I can't think of any of the auctions where Lozardo would go cheaper than Freed or McCullers. 
So Freed I get. I'm definitely yeah. o- above. I like him more than anyone. That's fine. I can't hate Mad that. Uh, McCullers, I have literally back-to-back with Lazardo. I, I can McCullers. see anyone going either way. But Who else did you have there that's above him? Herman. No. Rocky's Wheeler. Kind of de- it depends. I have Wheeler in the middle of where I think he'll go based on where he goes, though, Wheeler, where he signs. I think Wheeler's fine. Wheeler, I can um, understand. I Hendricks. No, no. Hendricks I, has never had over a four ERA ever. He's never had over a four K per nine. Okay, but <laughs> it doesn't. But it doesn't matter. It, it, you you got to take a guy who's proven to be one of the most consistent pitchers over a guy who's never. Pi- I mean, pitched Why? in the major leagues. Why would that's like a, that's like a Soroka argument. You yes, would. but but Soroka actually <laughs> okay, but <laughs> he's covering. His, no, I'm with Zach on this one, dude. You want Kyle Hendricks, the guy who literally is like, like why why would you not guys the upside? Okay, why would you not, listen. Why uh, would you not? No, no, stop. It, it, well, here's the problem. The no, here's the problem with where with the area we're talking about. It depends who you have before them. No, it if doesn't. you already yes, it does. If you already took a high upside guy early on. Why would you go with a Lazardo where you have no idea what you're going to get out of him? I rather there's no. So you would match Chris Paddock with Lazardo as your first two pitchers. It, it, it depends, like not not over the other guys because I'm likely going to get a different player with Paddock. I'm I'm going to get Paddock with a Carrasco or a Kluber more. That's likely. what I'm saying. It depends who you're not, who right now, who you have on your team already. There is zero chance I'm having Lazardo. There's zero chance I'm having Mad Bum or Hendricks over Lazardo. Wheeler, I can understand, but that's not going to happen either. But I, I have them above him because they both have been consistently good already. So, and, and again, I am saying it depends who you take. If you take a safe, if you're taking a high floor, a couple of rounds before him, then I get completely going with Lazardo. I get it. I would take Lazardo also. I would take Lazardo over Kendricks if I already have a safe floor pitcher. So that's why it's hard in this. But how do I not take a guy who is proven, already proven in the major leagues over a guy who hasn't even touched the major leagues in the regular season? I mean... Because you're going to... Here's my reason, because you're going to get to a point in the middle of the season, say June or July, we're going, to, we're going to have Kyle Hendricks on your roster, and you're going to have somebody on the waiver wire that you really want to pick up. And the, the So on the waiver the, wire, the, you, you're going to add a guy who won't give you good ERA. You're going to get a guy who has high strikeout potential, like a Trent Thornton or Spencer no, Turnbull gonna, or some shit no, like that. No, I'm not talking because, about those guys. You're going to, you're going to get a guy like, you're going to get like, like Nate Pearson up in June. And then you're going to be deciding. Then you're you're going to have Kyle Hendricks on the back of your roster because. You well, I, why would I drop Kyle Hendricks when he's giving me a sub four year? I because wouldn't drop Kyle Pearson Hendricks can, because Pearson can give you a sub four year eight, and he can give you two times the amount of strikeouts. Outside. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll have worse pitchers than Kyle Hendricks on my team. <laughs> probably you're probably right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. that I but should definitely much- drop, but. Well, again, I, again, I, you you guys are a little different than me. You guys love high upside, which is fine. And I've seen people who reiterate, and I I'm kind of going that way a little bit. That they're just like, why would you not draft only high upside guys? Because you want to win your league, which is fine. But I like to more so take someone who has been consistent and already has p- pitched in the majors and proven in the majors over a guy who hasn't even touched the majors yet. 
I'm mean, not. I, I uh, I'm not very high on prospect guys that just haven't even been in the majors. You have no idea how they're going to be. You have literally no idea. Lizardo, again, he was amazing in the playoffs when they brought him in. And I get – that's why he's in my top 50. But you won't see another prospect in my rankings that hasn't touched the major leagues besides him because you you have no idea what you're going to get. You just don't know. You'd rather not take that gamble than settle for a mad bum or a high But like, that's So, again, my point, Mike, is that it depends who I have at that point. I, I can understand that. I can understand that. Obviously, I don't agree because those names, those two names in particular, I'm not arguing that whole tier. I'm arguing specifically those two names because those two names don't offer anything much. Like their floor isn't even that great these days. So if you're dra- – so let's say okay, let's but, say you have – You're screaming, all right, let's, dude. Chill sorry. <laughs> take, it, take it down. You know what it is? I think my mic volume is just very loud. All right, Maybe so – Let's just say, say you have Scherzer. Let's say you go Scherzer sale. You're gonna take a Lazard over Hendricks. Yes. Oh yeah. Hundred yep. percent. Absolutely. For sure. Uh, am, I, am I off base uh, thinking that Lazardo is gonna be between ten and twelve dollars, or between eight and twelve dollars in auctions? Well, you're gonna be you're gonna be auctioning with me a lot. So am I off base? <laughs> um, it depends. Um, I think I think he's gonna be that weird that he could be. We might see him go five in a draft. Might see him except for three. Remember, in auctions, it's funky because auctions, you can assign a price to him, but what money's on the board? Are there two people that like need that flash in the pan? Now he's gonna go for fifteen. I'm just talking about. I'm. I'm not talking about it's, like. It's uh, just hard. You know what I mean? Because like in general, his age. Well, look, well, look at last year. Look, look no, what Paddock went for. Paddock was five. I was gonna say Paddock three to five. five or six bucks last year. I was gonna say three to five. I think me and you. I think Zach. I think me and you are higher on him than average people. I think you're going to see him ranked lower in redraft, and then you're going to see the prices be like three to five. Maybe his average price like around 5.5 bucks, you know what I mean? Something like that. So he might go for eight. I think eight will be the ceiling. So um, who are the 10 other pitchers? Like, I can't see Germán, Herman Marquez going for more than three bucks in my head. 10 other pitchers? Zach Wheeler, Robbie Ray, Zach, Zach Allen will be like 15. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like I'm just, I'm just thinking last year. Like think back to 2018. Kyle Freeland had an amazing 2018. He was, he was a one or two dollar pitcher the next year, and for good reason. I'm hoping Lazaro's gonna get some hype, and if he flashes anything in spring training, then he might jump to ten bucks plus, and then that's why I let him go because I'm not gonna overpay for a guy. Come yeah, on. you're probably right. He probably isn't gonna go for ten. He probably he'll probably be less. He'll be like five bucks. I'm telling you, but that's like, yeah. That's, and I, I did already tweet out that we are arguing over this, so we can move on. Speaking of the A's, though, a good friend of mine at, Remo, at Real McCoy breaks. He asked same question, basically about Puck as far as like expectations and in the rotation. Well, first of all, let's just let's go back and address the rotation spots. I had the roster resource. I think we talked. I think we did speak about this um, on the last podcast, Mike, or the last um, questions podcast we did. Yeah, I remember listening to that one actually. You did. Yeah, we we discussed it, and I'm gonna double check right now, since we have since I have my computer open and it's almost midnight here. I'm just um, so sad right now. You'll get over it. Go cry some <laughs> sleep. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, you got what? Manaya. Fires. Montas. Fires. Is fire? Fires is not a free agent, right? No, no, no. I'm looking at their roster resource page right now. Fires. 
Manaya, Montas, and they have Lazardo as the four, which I anticipate. They have Chris right. Bassett as the five. Uh, which probably will happen. I feel like maybe Puck will come up I'll say a couple months the, in. He'll probably, you think he has to get some more service time or just more time in general? Yeah, I would think so. I think you're, I think roster resources, right? I feel like they're going to annoyingly leave Bassett in that rotation and maybe wait for someone to get hurt or for someone to just really keep getting blown up and then get him, toss get Puck him, in there. I was going to say get him some more actual – get him stretched out in the minors ahead of time. Yeah, maybe get some more arbitration out of him. Yeah. I still think I still think he's worth like a dollar in drafts and Oh, he's definitely, yeah. Or late round pick, however you want to look at it for dynasty like uh, not dynasty, but um redrafts. And if he breaks camp as a starter, that's great. But if he doesn't, drop him. It's one of those you draft him in case he actually gets a spot. He's definitely worth a late round flyer. Did he get injured as well this year? He was coming off injury and they never stretched him out beyond being a reliever. So okay. that's the big thing. Like he has no I still think he's a starter, though. I think he has starter stuff, and I think this team has the room for him as a starter. I think he gets stretched out in the minors, if not sooner. I just don't know what the – obviously, Ross Resource has it this way for a reason. I'm usually – even though I'm not big on depth charts this early in the offseason, but this one seems about right. Like you mentioned, like although we don't agree with Bassett over him by any means, I think that's probably likely going to happen. Any opinions, Zach? No, I agree. I think um, I, I agree with what Mike said there. Was, I think there was more. I need to find them. Yeah. I got which upside younger player do you think can make the leap to 190-plus innings the way Bieber, Flaherty, and Castillo did this year? They didn't give examples, though, huh? No. The best one would probably be Glass now. Paddock. Glass, oh, and Paddock. Yeah, those two yeah I was going to say Paddock. Paddock right. Glass now. Let me look at my list. Do you want to go to the next one? Oh, okay. Woodruff, Woodruff. I think he, I think he does it too. Yeah, he could. You guys don't like uh-huh. him as much, but I understand the upside isn't as good as those two. Dustin May probably won't. He pitched 140 innings or something crazy last year altogether. I don't think May will. What about Canning? Yeah, Canning could. Gallon could. I really like one question. Uh, if we're ready, yeah, to I, think, move I think we're good there. Maybe, maybe, maybe okay. Dylan. You know what? D- Dylan Cease can hit that. That's the last name that came up, came to mind. Oh, Br- Brendan McKay, maybe those two. Oh uh, yeah, McKay. I doubt. I doubt. McKay. Well, the, yeah. The problem is the the Rays. Rays limited. Yeah. Mitch Keller, maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah I can I, see that. Yeah. I, I don't know. Look I don't know what numbers. he pitched this year though. How Look many innings? Oh, his numbers are great. I have him as a sleeper. I'm telling, I'm telling Zach because Zach, uh, I don't think Zach does. Because I uh, just looked at him for the first time the other day. Even oh, they're ridiculous. Even though you write about them, I didn't you know, read that. Who are you asking about? Yeah, I know. Mitch I just Keller. I just post stuff and Mike doesn't read it. So M- M- Mitch Keller. He's looking a little hard. <laughs> I hear him typing. All right, wait. Well, let me go on to this next question because yeah, it kind of it kind of goes into what we're talking about. Go so ahead. this is by J Drake three forty nine. 48 in the majors. And what was his, what was his minors? He pitched 103. 103. He pitched oh, 150. Yeah, so he could. All right, so Joe Drake says, who's a dark horse from outside your top 50 that you think could finish top 25 if everything felt right for them? Opportunities, stuff, et cetera. McKay. So my two, <laughs> well, McKay's outside your top 50? Oh, no, actually, no, sorry. Cease so, my two were Mitch Keller and Griffin Canning. What, do you, what are your two, you guys think? 
Oh, I want to find out if this guy, I have a guy in my head, but I want to find out if he's outside of my top. Ah, number 48. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, yeah, I wonder what. I want, I want to say Luke Weaver, but I'm afraid he's going to have TJ. Okay. Because Luke Weaver, we saw what he could do, but the problem is, is he had the forearm strain already. So that's really concerning to me. Yeah. Andrew Heaney just made, is that your guy too? Make, just makes my top 52. Mm. Heaney's like 36 for me. So yeah, he makes yeah Heaney's higher for me too. Well, I'm guessing um, I'm just, I haven't made it that far. I'm just freelancing it as I'm looking at this list. Like guys like, uh, so, like Stroman won't be my top 50. I don't know why he's so high. What about you, Zach? Do you have anyone outside your top 50 that you think could make that big leap? Into the top 25? Yeah. Well, I have a guy at number 48 named Robbie Ray. Oh. Okay. So I think uh, he, yeah, I think he could he could jump into the top fifty, uh, top twenty. Sorry, top twenty five. Um, if he reaches his upside, and then honestly, if I look down my list, who do I think has the best chance outside of my top fifty mm-hmm. to make the top twenty five? They'd be early call ups. Um, De- Debbie Garcia. You love if he gets him. called up early enough, I think he could be top twenty five. Yeah. More, more so than anyone else. I'd go rookies. I'd go Spencer Howard. More. I think Spencer Howard's going to be up early, and I think he could be a t- he could be the paddock this year. I know yeah. I don't want to say that. I don't want to say that. But I'm, like, I'm, dra- I'm drafting with you, but I don't want to say that. But I'll so, say so what if you had to take out? So let's take out guys that we don't know when they're going to be called up. Who would you go with? Uh, out of curiosity, because my next name was going to be Matt Manning. All right. Well. I- yeah, those names are legit. I get it, and that's definitely in his question. But I'm curious with you two because you guys love the prospect guys. So I'm just wondering <laughs> who you know that isn't a guy that's Fine. you know, you know I mean? Whitley. These are all prospects. <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. Um, um, Dustin May still counts as a prospect because I really like him. No, he doesn't. I really like him. I think he has upside. Griffin Canning could be. Yeah, I like Canning too. The thing about Manning um, is he's not a projected starter right like now. Like I said, I said Canning and Keller. Ah, found mine. He's number 50. I don't know because he could be more than – he could be um, ranked higher than top 50 in some people's list, but he's number 54 on my list. He's definitely my choice for someone that could be in the top 25, which okay. would be Eduardo Rodriguez. I hate him. Stop it. <laughs> he's win. He's too win. He's ooh, too win. Ooh, oh, ooh. I got one. Luke, Luke, Luke Weaver. Luke you Weaver. said that. You missed that. That was my first one. Oh. Uh, Sean Mania. Ooh, Mania, really? Maybe. See, I don't like Mania. Do you guys have Do you guys have Julio Urias in your top fifty? No. Uh, he, he could so make that. I got him forty six. Right after well Justin. Oh he my make god, that. you guys are way above. <laughs> you want to know where I have Urias? <laughs> Seriously, where? Because like I thought he could actually make that jump. He has the prospect pedigree. It's prospect fatigue with him. And he has the stuff, and he should be starting this year. So here's – so when I rank players, I rank under the assumption that we – especially guys with the – especially the Dodgers, that we don't know if they're going to start or not. So I have May low. I have Urias low because you don't Urias. know what they're – Urias, sorry. You don't know what – you don't know what they're going to do with them. And – so I just have them low just because unless – once they're announced as a starter, I'll definitely move them up. But I have Urias at 99. Ooh. And I have May at 100. I hate you. Because I, you don't I, I know, may, though. You I don't know. I kick you off this podcast. But you don't know. 
We don't Ooh, know if they're going to start. I, I understand that. But you know what I'm saying? I don't want to. Where do you if, they, if they announce them as starters, they move way up instantly. Either one what of the, them. What's, who they're, who I would move them there. into like 60-50 range. Well, okay, but like, who are their other candidates to start? You got Kershaw, you got Bueller, you got who else um, in that rotation? You um, got Granky. Ross Stripling. Wait, what? What? Granky? Not, not Granky. Sorry. <laughs> Granky's Houston. Um, you got. Well, I would. I feel like they would go Maeda over them. They have Maeda in the bullpen right now. Me and George just covered this uh, division. You don't think Maeda would go? They don't think they'll start him over them. They have Maeda in the bullpen right now, as far as Russell Resource goes. Okay, so yeah, but they don't know. Russell Resource doesn't know right now. So here's the question: Where do you have Maeda ranked? So I am Maeda at fifty nine. That because I'm I'm a no I'm I I think I think he's going to be a starter. What about Ross Stripling? I like him. I don't know that. I don't even have a stripling yet. <laughs> okay, so these rankings are based on who we think is going to be the starter. Makes sense, though, because I think May. Right. Yeah. No. Again, like I said, cool. if if when one of them are confirmed that they're starting, I would move. I would gladly move them up to the well, fifty range. Now, here's my question or my concern: You our our rankings are going to be looked at by a lot of people. They're gonna people are gonna follow them, like it or not, because people like to follow our rankings. I like tiers, but people like to follow exact rankings. You're going to have these rankings set like this until starters are named. You realize that might not happen until the end of spring training, and by then most drafts are done, something you probably didn't consider. I can't, <laughs> No, I can't, because why would you draft one of them that high when you have no idea? Why, why, would, why, would, you, why would you risk a pick where you could take someone like a Mitch Keller or an Alcantara or whatever – around that range, why would you risk not I, taking one of them and taking someone who might not even be the rotation, could be a reliever? I'm looking at top 100 guys right now just on ADP and Fantrax. Let me throw a few names out there. for Between Dustin May, Urias, and Chris Archer. You rather have Chris Archer? Yes, because you know he has a guaranteed spot. You rather have John You Gray? You would rather I'm take a guy. Him. Yes, I'd rather have both those guys over Archer because Archer is a piece Even of though you don't know if they're going to start? Yeah, because because honestly, if if at, at pitcher one hundred, I'm probably gonna end up dropping whoever that is anyway, especially if it's somebody with no upside. May, <sighs> like, I guarantee you, I can find somebody off the waiver wire week one, week two that's worth streaming. It definitely, Archer. it definitely does depend on the league, without a doubt. Like I'm gonna get like for instance, yeah, for instance, I'm in a points league. I'm in a points league where it's twelve team and. You only have a certain amount of pitchers you could take. I, there's no way I'm going to waste a pitcher spot on someone who can poten- who potentially might not start. It would make no sense. But I'm also in a 16-team league where it would make sense for me to take a shot on someone like that late because the upside's there. And if they do start, then I'm making out tremendously based on value. So it's it's definitely league-dependent, but – I feel like most people are in 12-teamers, and I feel like your starters kind of matter at that point. And well, I think 12-teamers are shallower, and you can get by on you – can, you can get a solid core four, and that fifth one's going to be rotating all year long anyway. Why not take a shot on a May or Urias over a Tanaka? Like, Or you could grab a solid pitcher that you know is going to start the whole year, and you gain advantage over everybody else. Yeah, but now, but now you're stuck holding them. 
thinking they might be okay. They might just or you could go with someone who has upside that you know is going to be in the rotation compared to someone with upside who you don't know is going to be in the rotation. Yeah, I can understand that. Maybe they can land some colors or something. I can understand that. What I'm getting at. That's I why I said like Alcantara. But even or Mitch Keller. Those are better names. I'm just looking at names above them right now. And the reason why I picked the Tanaka is because, like, for instance, people have that mindset, like, well, let me grab a sure thing. The problem is, is you're going to hold on to that sure thing. Whereas if you take the upside play that doesn't work out, you drop him and you flip that spot. And that spot becomes more valuable because now you're likely to hit off the waiver wire. Whereas you might hold on to Tanaka thinking, well, you know what? It's Tanaka. I'll hold on to him. But yeah, but you could also you could say that you. you could say the opposite way. You could try and work the waiver and miss on every person you pick up, and you could be missing out on someone that you think is solid and ends up being solid the whole year. Go either way. I guess it's honestly it's probably owner preference. In all seriousness, I bet you your streamers last year. If someone streamed your streamers, they did better than owning Tanaka last year. That's saying good things about you, but it's also reminding <laughs> people that. Um, I forget what I ended with ERA was. <laughs> I'd have to look. <laughs> it's probably close though. And you probably didn't, and again, they probably didn't stream every time you stream either, but I guarantee you it's similar. So just making a point there, like your streamers probably did better than Tanaka. I'd rather Tanaka than Hendricks. I don't know about that. Even I'm No, there. I wouldn't do that. Um I ended with a four Yeah, not that good. I don't even want to say it. <laughs> For streamers though, you and your streamers are like twenty percent or less. It's thirty percent or less. Uh, four point four. You're a, a little bit above. I average like six innings, three earned. I average a quality start actually. That's fine. That's wrong. With yeah. Tanaka barely averaged that. I don't think he did. All right, hold on. I got a few more questions. I think. Or is that it? I swear I saw one about. Oh, is Tanaka finished? <laughs> what? Is, okay, perfect. At. Sh- Shallon, S-H-A-L-L-E-N, 27 at Shallon. Is Tanaka finished? What is Joe Musgrove? How good is Kyle Hendricks? Oh, my God. <laughs> this question. That's literally what we've been talking about. <laughs> oh, this podcast is dedicated to this guy. So, can I say two things? One, well, you're going I, I have a follower who thinks Kyle Hendricks should be top 20. And he rips me every time I release my rankings. Two. I, also, I have a follower that thinks um, what is his face is top twenty-five. Um, from John Means. Right. Well, that's kind of. But that's why it's hard with some of these guys because it's based on like he basically just says he prefers a solid ERA guy, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And Tanaka's if, was four forty-five last year. No, no. But I'm talking about the guy who's obsessed with Hendricks, uh, which yeah. is fine, and I get it. And that's why I have him where I have him ranked. Um, but anyway, my second question I want to ask was for Tanaka, where do you guys have him right? I know Mike didn't go that far. Where do you have him, Zach? Uh, I'm going to take a look right now. I might have to do a control F. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I actually have to do a control F. Tanaka. He's in, like, his, he took a step back uh, in the K for nine. I got, I got him right before my glob of prospects. So 59. Okay, I have him at I have him at sixty six. You're higher than I expected. So we're kind of close. Yeah, I you should probably move him down. You guys, I, I, I have him right before Domingo Herman. Domingo Herman's got to go ahead of him now because I don't think he's going to be suspended as long as Osuna was. Yeah, I feel like what maybe thirty games. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Can Which isn't just, that much. Can we clarify? Like, first off, we don't condone his actions. People like to get really upset nah. about this. I had someone unfollow me because of it. 
it's two separate things. Yes, yeah, that's what I said. I said I'm separating baseball from that. We don't but. talk po- we don't talk politics, we don't talk religion, and we don't talk personal matters when it comes to this stuff. Podcasts and fantasy alike. Trust me, none of us agree with putting your hands on a woman. None of us that's not our thing. But it is worth mentioning that we don't agree with it because people will think, well, you're obviously ignoring it and that like no. We we it's not that we cho- we don't choose to ignore it. We choose this is our getaway from that. This is our way of kind of like Trust me, we we know what he did was wrong. We we get that, but we we look at it from a fantasy aspect. And I apologize yeah. if anybody's offended. But what Mike's that. trying to say is basically we we are ranking him based off his baseball skills. If you're a person who refuses to draft him because of what he did, that's fine. We get it, but we have to rank him according to how we think he is skill wise. Yes, and we also we also we have to separate that, and we speak on him as a fantasy baseball asset we don't exactly we don't take the personal stuff into account if you do again like you said perfectly if you do that's fine we just that's we separate it for your for your guys's benefit and hope that you understand that it's nothing personal so anyway is is Tanaka finished I think he is ultimately there's not much there man yeah it's just weird Tanaka and I have him at 66 and I'm currently working on finishing all my rankings um but it's just He's so good in the postseason. Like, why can't he just carry that into the regular season? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just looking at the K per nine and the ratios, and it's just. But yeah, I mean, having yeah. him, uh, me having him at 66 basically means he's he's shot. SP four maybe. Uh, we talked about Musgrove already, so we don't really have to go there. And Kyle Hendricks, he's kind of just a solid, safe option. Nothing special. I wouldn't personally. Got my way to get him, but if he falls into my lap, he's better in points and quality starts leagues. That's about, I mean, I have him at 83. He's better than Tanaka. You should make that switch, honestly. Can I ask something completely unrelated to any question anyone's asked us? Because well, I'm curious. I mean, <laughs> that's is that really going to stop this, you? This, really pod, this pod's just going to keep going and going. Yeah. So much for uh, If Carlos Martinez gets a, a spot in the rotation, where would you guys rank them? Top 50, probably. Top of my head, probably just throw him in the top 50 somewhere. Probably top 40 for me. So where do you have him now, n- not knowing what he's going to do? Like, he's do you league have league. him he's in your rankings ranks. at all? Or no. They? See, a lot of people actually have him in their SP ranks, though. Why? I guess assumption that he will maybe get in. <laughs> Did they, I haven't read anything like that. That's why I don't. I don't want, like, it's one thing to speculate on somebody like May where you saw him in the rotation at one point last year. He pitched right. 140 innings last year. Okay, so as of now, you wouldn't have him in your rankings. I wouldn't have him in my SP rankings. What about you, Zach? I don't have him in my rankings right now, but like I said, he'd probably be around 40th if I had him there. Okay. I mean, roster resource for what it's worth to actually put, them, put him there as, a, as their uh, – Honestly, if, their, maybe uh, higher. Yeah, I, I've heard that he – that they might go back to him as a starter. I I personally put him in my rankings, assuming that he may or at some point become a starter or we're not sure, like kind of like what I do with the Dodgers pitchers. <coughs> so I do have him. I have him higher, though. I have him in the 60s, high 60s. So you have him in the high 60s, but you have Dustin May at like 100, and they – like I think Dustin May has a higher chance of being a starter. Well, only because which which that's Sorry. a valid. <laughs> that's really funny. Oh my god, I'm tired too. Is that really? That's a valid that's point. Really awesome. But the only reason why I have him higher as he's 
you know, he's kind of a speculative starting pitcher is I think he's better. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I, if, if, if I knew he was healthy, which I think is a big if, I don't really trust his health, but, but if you could tell me that he's has just as big of an injury risk as anyone else on the board and he's going to be a starter, I'd put him right in the tier with um, Syndergaard and Burrios. Yeah. You'd be the high, he had, again, you'd he be had the high three guy. really good years as a starter. I think I would avoid yeah. him in any type of quality quality start league. He's the type of guy you don't draft, like you don't take in the quality start league. Because <laughs> I don't think he's going to go from not starting to hitting quality. Yeah, anyone with anyone with RP risk is an avoid in the Q, QS league. Yeah. There you definitely. go. See? Boom. Knowledge. Um, <laughs> God, I'm tired. God, I all could right. talk pitchers all night. I see that. We're going to end That was the last question we had. I hope we um, answered them all to your liking. Again, guys, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Mike at Mike underscore Curland, joined by Zach from Fake Teams at Zach Roto. And, of course, other Mike um, at SP Streamer. This was a lot of fun. We talked our top 25 and beyond. These guys are way more prepared for the beyond than I was. For further information, just obviously we're always dropping different articles and whatnot. Check us out on Twitter. You can also follow the uh, Bases Loaded podcast page on Twitter and at, on Instagram. And with, with that said, guys, we appreciate you listening as always, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace.